Welcome to Soul and Tune, where we share the untold stories of those achieving at a high level in their chosen fields, giving you the valuable tips and tricks to not only stay on top of your mental health, but to grow as individuals. So, Spearsy, thanks so much for coming on today, mate. We really appreciate it. My man, I'm happy to be here. Happy Legend, love your work. So, at the moment, we've actually just had a little bit of a conversation to start off with behind the scenes, but at the moment, I just see on Instagram that you're kind of doing some coffee rounds around the streets of Melbourne during lockdown. Can you touch on that a little bit and tell us what you're doing? Uh, absolutely, mate. Good place to start. Look, I'm an avid coffee drinker. Uh, for those listening, uh, I'm an almond flat white, typically. Yeah, Depending on what mood I'm in, sometimes yeah. in the morning I'll have a long black just to really get me going. Um, but why I'm doing it, so sort of, mate, I guess it's a little bit about obviously we're in um, lockdown. I'm obviously in Melbourne over here. Uh, and I'm in one of the areas that's like pretty, you know, high risk um, down here in South Melbourne. So the reality is I'm like, well, I go and get coffee every single day. Uh, and I want to get out of the apartment, go and support all the local businesses. I don't just want to go to one all the time. I want to get out there and support and meet some of the other people, some of the other owners and stuff like that. And I'm just having a bit of fun with it um, in terms of on my Instagram stories, just rating each coffee place on, on, a, on a three level criteria on speed of delivery, barista energy and taste. Taste including temperature. I feel like those two things sort of attribute to one another. So, I mean, I've really done it just one way for me to get out of the apartment and have some fun, but also just bring a bit of good vibes out there, mate, which I feel very, like is important. Very yeah. interesting. So I've got a question. Do you think with your criteria, do you think they're mm. all evenly and should be worth 10 votes each? I don't actually agree. Just from right. thoughts the other day, that was my thoughts. I don't think right. that customer service, big yes. Yes. What are the, what's the other one, sorry? Barista energy. Barista so energy. Barista Isn't energy. that the same thing? Speed, no, speed, speed of coffee. All yeah. right. Speed of coffee, barista energy and taste. Those are the three. Yeah. So wouldn't so I think, barista I think, energy and taste and um, the other one come under the same sort of category though? Nah, barista energy, I mean. Okay, so let's, let's clarify. Barista energy is the level of enthusiasm and just yeah. like the general chat of the barista. Yeah, right. All right. Or yeah. I even had a barista this morning. Uh, he was great where he didn't really say too much to me, but he was just in a really good, enthusiastic mood. He had some yeah. on in the background. He was singing. And then he's just like, Tim. And I'm like, yeah, that's mine. He's like, man, have a great day. I'm like, that's good energy. He's done his job yeah. right. Um, I felt good when I left. But then I guess contrasting to that, um, if there's a barista who's very just like, cut off, doesn't really say much, seems a little bit grumpy. Like I was at a cafe the other day, I would never name names and stuff like that. I was at a cafe the other day and like the guy abused the waitress while I was waiting for my thing. She took an order wrong. So that was a zero out of 10 for that guy. Um, so that's what I mean by barista energy. It's just like how you feel okay. when you get the coffee, but then there's the speed as well. Like, yeah. do you go in and out or is there a massive wait? Um, they still so those, worth those 10 are, points those, each compared to the taste. I feel like taste should be higher on the the rating scale there should be like wrist energy six or five and then the speed five and then it's a, a total of 20 maybe just some restructuring <laughs> maybe, 
You could maybe you could do one around Ballarat. All right, I might do one too. <laughs> I'm just shutting down. Y'all. You can do another, You can do this. You can do this sequel. Uh, oh yeah, I'll give it a go. Or well, the, the squeakle. Like I'd say it would be the squeakle, <laughs> not the sequel. <laughs> no, that's good, but good stuff, mate. I love that. It's awesome. It's really a different take on things and something to line up. It's lined up my day. Looking at your, um, looking at your reviews. So yeah, I think I'd be happy, which is awesome. Appreciate it. All right, so tell me something. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but tell me something interesting. I want you to blow me away. Just anything, just whatever pops to mind. Something interesting, just in general or about me? Just anything. Whatever you think is interesting. Go for it. What I think what is think? interesting. I think I think it's interesting right now to see the diamond. Because obviously I live down here in the city. For those who don't know, obviously you know me well enough to know that I live down here in the city. I've lived here for about four or five years. Um, something interesting that I see is the new dynamic of how um, restaurants, cafes as such, or just businesses are starting to adapt, and all businesses for that matter. Something I find very interesting is the transition of like working from um, home or working from an office. And I just think it's, I don't have an exact stat, but I'm just like interested, I suppose, to see what happens with like the work from office dynamic. And if like, I'm always just curious as to, I always like to pick up on patterns. I think it's just like an entrepreneurial thing where I just like to think about what's gonna happen next, like 10, 15, 20 years down the track. And my big interest right now is around what's gonna happen to the businesses now that most of them, I, I can't, I, I don't want to do the exact stat because I'll butcher it and I don't want to give any false uh, stat, but it was something like 83% of workplaces are now more productive because people work from home. Uh, yeah, right. And that was just like wildly interesting to me where I'm like, I wonder what the dynamic looks like. Like I'm in my office right now, just changes, looking at the city yeah. and all the different offices and buildings and stuff like that. And I'm like, what's it going to look like, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the track. So that's just something that I've been thinking about that I feel like is interesting, that stat. Uh, and again, don't absolutely quote me on that because I, I can't remember where I've seen that stat and how legitimate it is. But it's uh, that's something interesting that I'm thinking about right now, bro. Yeah, awesome. I love that. That is interesting. It's really thought-provoking, mm. I think. Um, what, about, what about more mystical Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, all right, all right. So something more mystical. I'm very interested in what's going on with UFOs right now. UFOs, UFOs and AI, artificial intelligence. Elaborate. I mean, so I think it was Joe Rogan's podcast or one of his like snaps that I seen of like yeah. um, sightings of like UFOs. Um, and like life other than the planet on ours. And I don't want to get like, like some people might tune out here and think like this dude, who the freaking hell is this dude coming on talking about aliens? But like, I'm, I'm just like something mystical that's interesting to me right now. I don't really look into it that much because I don't really want to know what's going on, but I'm interested in what's happening right now with the UFO sightings, things like that. There's other people who I've spoken to have more interest in it than I do, but yeah. If I was to say what's something mystically interesting right now, extraterrestrial life. Awesome. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. I, would, I probably wouldn't know what to say if you asked me that too. So it's um, a pretty, pretty good result, actually. There's some yeah, of the I things people have said, 
I actually had some, I'm not going to name names, I edited it out, but someone spoke about um, people dying. And that was, that was interesting. Yeah, it was a bit heavy. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so some people have said some interesting things, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good one. So well done, you've done well, you passed the test. Pleased I could pass. <laughs> good work. So I want to just touch a little bit more on you, mate. So yourself kind of growing up, childhood, um, where you kind of came from and how you came to be the person you are today. Yeah, of course, mate, of course. So uh, to start, start at the end and then we can rewind from there. So obviously I'm, um, I'm a business and branding coach to work down here in Melbourne. Um, and I've been doing this for around about five years now. Um, it hasn't always been like this for me, like heavily into personal development now. I'm into spirituality and do a lot of meditating and just like look after myself at a, at a deep, deep level. As I said, it hasn't always been like that for me. If we rewind, this is the start of my story. So I grew up in a little town called uh, Colac. Uh, which is a very small little town. At the time, I think it had about maybe like 10,000 people when I was there now. It might have grown a little bit now, but I grew up, I was born, raised in Colac. Um, and I really like throughout school, throughout primary school, I was just a little nerd. Like I didn't really concentrate in school too much. I was like Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, football. Uh, didn't have much focus in school to the point where like, uh, I remember it was like my fourth or fifth, third or fourth grade teacher wanted to keep me down and stuff like that because I was just like wasn't learning at the capacity of what uh, I guess the normality was at that stage uh, and she actually said to me uh, this is what my mum told me uh, I can't remember it but this is what my mum told me she said that your fourth grade teacher said that if Tim put as much time into his schoolwork as he did his football uh, he might make it somewhere one day uh, so mate, that paints a fair picture like I was just heavily into like football sport um other things apart from from school i guess um there's pros and cons to that i didn't really you know learn too much going throughout school and i was sort of always behind with the things that i did uh so naturally that made me um you know even just subconsciously think that you know maybe i'm i'm dumb maybe i'm an idiot maybe i can't learn properly maybe i can't read properly all these different things that came up um and my man it sort of it just sort of just like sent me on this sort of spiral where I was just playing football then and I just focused all my energy on the football. So we probably have a lot in common, bro, where, you know, I, I focused heavily on football. Um, but I, I was very, very fortunate, my man, to have a very caring family. Like I, I'm very grateful for my mum and dad and they were always there throughout the school, school period and stuff like that and supportive. I played a lot of golf when I was younger, um, played at a state level, played for Victoria, used to play all around Victoria and stuff like that. Um, handicap was two for those that, that, that are interested. Um, but my man, so, so basically like I was just heavily invested in sport throughout my, especially primary school and leading into, you know, uh, seven, eight, nine years of a secondary school. Um, but my man, just sort of transitioned from there. Like, as I said, it hasn't always been like this for me. It actually got very rough for some time. I know you know this part about me, but it's interesting for the listeners to know this as well. Um, really in school, I had no interest apart from football. Um, now in year, and I was playing um, state level football. I was in the Geelong Falcons at that stage. It was in the tryout phase. I wasn't actually playing um, any any games. It was more just that first year. Uh, and something actually happened in school that actually got me suspended indefinitely. Um, that was in year, year 11. Um, and it was really like a turning point, my man, where the football team that I was on actually kicked me off 
because they heard about what happened at school and then I couldn't get back on. So my man, I spent my whole, you know, primary school, uh, secondary school life just playing football in the hopes of, you know, playing AFL. Um, and it seemed like that day that I got suspended indefinitely or kicked off a team that had just got ripped away. Uh, and looking back, like, look, at the time, I thought it was the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Uh, in hindsight, it was probably one of the best things that could happen to me. Um, but it did, did take a, a few years to uh, get to the place where it did work out for me. Really, um, when that happened, I went on a downward spiral, found something called alcohol that led to something called drugs. Uh, and then it sort of just really unfolded from there. My man went for two or three years, closer to three, two and a half, three years, where I was just a bit of a blur. That was from when I was around about 17 and a half to 21 even you could say probably 22 was when I really pulled my head in, but um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was a dark place. It was very depressed. I was suppressing all my emotions, really just trying to escape the fact that I thought I'd lost everything um, <clears throat> by externally, just validating myself with drugs, alcohol. I was in a very um, toxic kind of environment. Um, but my man, it all sort of changed when, you know, unfortunately um, had a, had a good friend, and a family friend that I grew up with overdose and die um, at the age of 23 or something like that. And that was the thing, my man, like I can still remember it to the day I got the message from my, um, from my friend saying, dude, like this has happened. It literally gives me shivers still talking about it now. Um, it was a very small town, collects of small towns. I affected most. It was a friend group that I was very, very close with. Uh, it was really that day forward, my man, where I'm like, I need to fucking change. Like I had, and this is the thing, my, like I said, I have like very, very supportive family at the time who were telling me like, Tim, like you've got to stop, like something's going to happen. Like at the time I was playing no football, uh, I'd been dropped from like the, the local senior team. I was playing reserves and then I just stopped playing altogether. <clears throat> so it was that my man, well, I had people around me telling me that I needed to stop and I should do this and I should do that. And I should definitely stop doing that. But uh, I just couldn't listen. I didn't. I just didn't want to know about it. And I just sort of kept on telling myself that it was all going to be all good. And it was really that that happened, my man, when um, he lost his life that, you know, it was really the time when I thought I need to fucking change. Something needs to happen. Um, so it was from that place, my man, where I started to make different decisions. I sort of um, got into a different environment, um, started to hang around some different people, really just cut myself off from all the, um, the I guess, the chance of going out drinking and stuff like that for a period I didn't really drink for like a 12 month period um and obviously didn't take any drugs and stuff like that sort of um finished in a relationship that I was in um so I was sort of like at 23 ish years old it was like a really big restart uh, I'm, I'm 29 now it was like a really big restart and I thought now I just need to build the whole foundation back up um so it was that my man and then really from that place forward i just made a commitment to say i'm gonna live my life and i still live by this to this day of just having a fucking crack at everything and literally just leaving no stone unturned it's my biggest fear my man let you know a big secret i've got two fears sharks <laughs> all right and two is getting to like 50 60 years old with fucking regret like it's yep. scared, like literally scares the shit out of me. That's what drives me every single day. So it was that point forward, my man, I started making better decisions, started hanging around different people. I started to really consume knowledge. 
um, through YouTube, mentors, paid for a few courses and stuff like that around uh, personal development. I started to read a book per week. I was just like fully engaged in learning. Um, yeah. Got back on, uh, got back into playing football. Um, and then that's when I just really committed um, to playing football, got back in the gym, started to uh, look after myself and then sort of long story short, um, got invited to onto a, a VFL list. It was North Ballarat Roosters at the time. Obviously, I don't play in the um, VFL anymore. Um, but it was that that really taught me, my man. And I know this is a long-winded answer to your question, but it was, it was really that that taught me, like, you know, I went from um, really deep, deep depths that I wouldn't wish upon anyone of just fucking in a really bad place to making yeah. one decision and just setting one intention to say, I'm going to change and I'm going to make some different shit happen and I'm going to get after my dreams. I didn't even know what they were at the time, but I thought I'm just going to go and take action and see what happens. Yeah. Went from that to get onto a, a VFL list at the semi-professional list. I thought like it was the thing that made me realize my man that like, fuck, anything's possible. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. I wasn't the best VFL footballer. I was, uh, I played seven or eight games or something like that. Like it wasn't a blowaway thing, but it was really the principle behind it, my man, of like, I just made a commitment, did the right things to get myself in alignment with that. And then, and then it happened. Um, so that's sort of like the, the grow up um, of how I grew up, sort of the things, a couple of the things that sort of shaped me to that stage of my life. But I guess then what's led me down this path, my man. So at the time, you think I was about 24 or 25. Again, I can't give you the exact thing. Uh, around that time when I got into the VFL list and I actually um, quit a job where I was, I was working in a factory for like seven years as just a way to pay bills and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was sort of, you know, off the rails, if you will. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I did that. I quit that job because um, that job I was working like 3 a.m. till 11 a.m. in the morning and it was just like killing me. Um, trying to, you know, play football, getting home from training at like, you know, nine o'clock at night and then getting up the next day, which wasn't. So I made a decision to say, I'm not going to do that. Just committed to playing football. And I worked a little part-time job with a friend who owned a business, um, just helping him with some stuff. Um, so I had a lot of time on my hands. My man, I had like two or three days a week where I wasn't doing anything. Um, yeah. so we trained for football three days a week, two days outside of that, I was working part-time. So I was getting paid for football. I had a nice little part-time job, just like making okay money that I could survive. Um, but it really, like, I still remember the conversation is that, you know, what I wanted to do. Um, AFL wasn't really on my spectrum then because I was pretty aware that like, you know, uh, I probably didn't have the ability at that stage to, to make it happen. Um, and that's, so it took some self-awareness and I had to put the ego to the side to say, I'm probably not going to make it. Uh, yeah. So I thought, I'm like, what am I going to do? I still remember the strength and conditioning coach at um, North Ballarat, epic guy. Um, he's like, why don't you do like personal training? He's like, you're good leadership qualities. He's like, you're a fucking like a fit guy. Why don't you try to be like a, do like a, a PT thing? He's like, you're into mindset and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, fuck. And I made me think, I'm like, you know, personal training was the thing that kind of, oh, like gym um, was the thing that actually really saved me. Uh, I don't want to say saved my life because it definitely wasn't that intense. But yeah. like getting in the gym when I was sort of off the rails, it made me look after myself. I started to tighten up my diet. I stopped drinking. I stopped doing drugs. And it was really the gym. So I'm like, fuck, if I could be that gift for someone else, that would mean, uh, mean a lot of me quite fulfilling. So I started my sort of business journey as a, as a personal trainer. 
worked um, in Carlton, actually, down here in the city uh, on Nicholson Street. Um, worked there for a year, um, built that business you know, really successfully, met some really great people, had a mentor at the time uh, in business who was teaching me a lot of things. Um, and then I transitioned that PT business into an online business, um, just forecasting. I was like, you know, I don't really see myself working in the gym forever. So I'm going to go online. I built that online business with a lot of mistakes uh, and a lot of money, uh, you know, that, that outlaid that didn't get me anywhere. Um, but then, my man, I sort of just kept building that business, sort of pivoted a few things, did, some, did a lot of stuff around mindset, um, started doing events and stuff like that. Um, and then grew that successfully. And then that sort of led me on the path of teaching other people to do it. Uh, after like, you know, when I was building the business, a lot of people were reaching out saying, oh, how have you done this? Can you help me with this? And it sort of sparked an idea to say like, you know, maybe I could turn this into a thing. And that's where now I sort of run, you know, uh, an agency, not just for personal trainers, but any coaches, really mindset coaches, health coaches um, all over the world now on how to grow their either physical business or just an online business to, to 10K months and above. Um, so, I mean, that's a good overview, I guess, of Smashed where it started it. And, 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 and where it is now. I've still got a long way to go and there's still big ambitions and big goals uh, of what's happening. And there's been plenty of learnings and fucking mistakes to say the least throughout that time. But yeah, um, yeah man, it's, I'm very grateful that I'm in. Yeah, awesome. Smashed it, mate, good stuff. I think you touched on a really important point early in that little debrief about how you had to actually see something happen mm -hmm. for you to make the changes. It wasn't just you waking up one morning and being like, I've got to do this, this and this, or you had people telling you that you should be making changes, but until something actually happened to your mate, you didn't yeah. actually realize. So I think awesome. it's like, we're all guilty of that. Like a lot of us do it where we, we just go through the motions and we hear the same thing over and over and over again. You might read a book, you might um, listen to a podcast and you hear the same sort of stuff of how to get to the high levels you want to get to. But yep. until you actually knuckle down and do it or you go through something that makes you push out of that comfort zone, it's not going to happen. Sure. So, Very good point, my man. Very good point. I think that's a really big point from what you spoke about. I think as well, how did you um, get yourself out of those dark stages at other times when it wasn't, there wasn't an external thing that we just spoke about. Like, how did you do that for yourself when you kind of delve? Cause I'm sure you would have delved back into kind of the rough patches along the way. And even when you were doing well, you would have like fallen back into it a little bit. how did you kind of, of manage that? Of course. Uh, and that's it, a, it's a, it's a good question, my man, for the sense that, you know, throughout life, you'll continually fall into those dark stages. Still to this day, I still have shit days. Still yeah. to this day, especially with lockdown and stuff like that, man. Like, it is hard and it is, it is tough. And yeah, it's a good point to bring up. Like you don't want to just wait until something significant happens until you pull yourself out of that um, hard stage or dark stage, whatever you want to call it. I think my man, it's about finding tools and resources that can help one, you know, get out of those places. Now use some examples to, to answer your question, like especially early on, uh, especially early on, in those stages where I didn't have a, a big business and I didn't have a team around me and I didn't have mentors and stuff like that. I just really learned to make sacrifices in the moment. Like when I was say in a dark place, I always just come back to like why I was trying to get away from the thing 
um, that I'd made a decision to get away from. Like at the time for me, it was like drugs, alcohol. Naturally, it was very hard. I went to the dark stages of like, now I'm alone. Now I don't have any friends and stuff like that. I, I just always think back to what my big vision was. Uh, and that naturally just started to um, pull me out of that, say, say dark stage. Until to this day, my man, if I'm ever going through a rough stage, I always just focus on, you know, why I'm doing this and, and what I'm moving towards. And I think that's the power of having a really, a powerful vision for where you want to go and not just a little goal of say monetary outcome or something for you, but rather something bigger than yourself so that you naturally get pulled towards those sort of goals. Like, you know, one of my big intentions and one of my big goals right now is to start like a nonprofit for me. I mean, I like, I love sneakers. I don't know if you know yeah. this about, I love sneakers so, so much. I love the creative process. I love like the art and design and just how someone's just built this thing from nothing. Uh, it's a part of my vision to have my own sneaker one day, but I want to have as like a non-profit to be able yeah. to set up a fund, to be able to give like access or education to people who can't afford it. Cause it was really education, my man, and like YouTube books um, to the people who listen to the audio of this podcast. I won't be able to see there's a whole bunch of books behind me here where it was really that, that, that pulled me out of those dark times. Yeah. So it's like a vision like that for me, when I get into a dark time or when I feel like shit, which to be honest, man, like over the last, couple of weeks with this lockdown there has been days when i felt like shit um there has been times when i just sort of you know uh went into some form of victim mentality where i'm like fuck why you know why is this happening again um and it's naturally just sitting down and reflecting i use like a journaling process or i'll do meditations um every single day where i just focus on the big picture um and something like you know bigger than me so that i can focus on that and just feel like look yeah, I feel like shit right now, but I'm just going to keep moving forward because I know there's big things ahead. Um, and if that means I just take one small action to get out of that dark place, go for a walk, do another yeah. meditation, go for a bit of, um, you know, a, a small workout or something like that. Those are the things that I usually focus on my man to pull me out of those dark places was just a way to break my pattern, get out, exercise, journal, meditate. Yes, because it's so easy. Uh, and I'm speaking from experience here. Uh, it's it's just so easy to, when you're in a dark place or you're emotionally in a disempowering, I guess, emotional state to just stay there. Uh, and sometimes it feels like the, the best thing to do to just stay here and just stay feeling like shit. And sometimes the hardest thing is just to take that first step. But if you can just practice the skill of just breaking those states and actually fucking talking to people about them. Still to this day, my man, I've got mentors and I'm that mentor for people who they talk to me if they're having a challenges in their business and just struggling from a mindset standpoint, like I'm that person, but also me as the coach and the mentor, I have people as well who I talk to about if I'm having a shit day. So I think it's just about uh, building an environment around you yeah. to be able to give feedback off people and for people to pull you up and for you to pull them up when they're down, but also just having like little tools and resources that you can use, whether it's journaling, whether it's meditation, whether it's you go for a run, a workout, swim, uh, you spend time with the dog, kids, whatever it is. I think it's just about having tools that you can just pull yourself out of your head um, and keep yourself aligned, if that answers the question. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, there's some awesome points in there. The sneaker brand, did you get that from yourself? or Because I reckon I've heard um, Tom Bailey talk about it. Has he? No, actually, yeah. so one of my one of the people who I really significantly look up to uh, is Gary V. Uh, oh yeah, Gary. I'm not sure if you ever heard yeah. of him. Yeah, uh, if you I haven't. Pretty him good out, too, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. So yeah. he he's done a similar thing where he did a collaboration with um, K Swiss, the footwear brand. Yeah, uh, right. Where he yeah. got his own sneaker. So it was really that that kind of sparked. But really, I've just I've loved sneakers since the day I can remember. Even Dad always used to tell me, he's like, "Do you have to have so many sneakers?" Like, it, like every time Dad would take me down the street, I have to get a pair of sneakers or yeah. I have to look at the shoes and stuff like that. So. Um, it's just, uh, I haven't really, it was really like Gary Vee who sparked the idea yeah, that maybe you could create, maybe I could create my own. I love that. One day. But, um, yeah, because I've heard it, of, do you, you know Tom Bailey? Yeah, I do, yeah. See, yeah. yeah. Um, he speaks about it as well. So I think, yeah, he actually speaks about having, with your goals, you have like a normal goal, which is the one yeah. you want to strive for and you want like seriously yeah. to get to. And then you have like a fun goal. So yeah, it like yeah. breaks up the connection in your brain between, having like, the seriousness all the time but then you've got that thing for when times are tough you reach out and you do that thing where you're trying to make things happen a bit differently yeah. and a bit bit of fun and yeah he wants to have his own sneaker brand as well so i think he wants right. to have he wants to have his own like nike brand which is really there you yeah, go. big big call cool, so. but yeah i love that idea it's awesome yeah, yeah, thanks for sharing, man. After it looks like we've got some competition with the sneaky brand then, eh? Yeah. <laughs> you guys will be flashing. <laughs> I might be I might be down a few pegs in those big yeah. boys, but uh, I've got a lot of ground to make up. But look, we'll see how we go. Maybe you can put a proposition forward or something. There you go. <laughs> Try Maybe. Yeah. Leave it with me. Try and see if that helps. <laughs> All right. So moving on from that, what else are we going to talk about? There's another point there that I wanted to touch on that you spoke about. Um, I'm sure it'll come up again soon. But anyway, I wanted to touch on pain and pleasure. Mm. So the separate the separation between pain and pressure and how that kind of influences us in everyday life. Mm. Good, good it's a question. broad-ended question, but... No, it's, a, it's a good one. Um, it's a good one. I enjoy talking about it. Obviously, as humans, we're driven by two emotions and those are them, pain and pleasure. Um, really can, I can use a, a live example of how these two things um, dictate how we make decisions um, and how they affect our everyday decisions in life. If you think about, if you think about my story, if we rewind, and I'll use myself as an example, just because I can speak truthfully about it. Really, if you think back on my story of like, at the time when I got cut from the football team, right? And I felt like my whole... <laughs> world had just been ripped apart all right because that was the one thing i was focusing on i was in a lot of pain all right emotionally i was beating myself up i was just in a significant amount of pain right i opted for the short-term pleasure of drugs and alcohol that was going to rip me away from pain for a very very short time all right and this is just where the dynamic is very very dangerous like most uh people and especially me at that stage will focus on short-term pleasure and it will result in long-term pain, okay? For me at the time, I was in pain. The way that I was dealing with it was very short-term pleasure, going out of a night, uh, drugs, alcohol, to try and suppress it. But then two or three days later, when that was over, all right, it was pain again. Yeah. All right, it was pain again. So I was opting for the short-term pleasure of a quick release and it was ending me in long-term pain. Now, if the paradigm just shifts a little bit and you opt for short-term pain, all right, typically you'll end up with long-term pleasure. So 
really looking back on, it, I didn't know this at the time, but looking back on it, I opted for the short-term pain when my uh, friend lost his life. It was very painful, but I made the conscious decision to say, I'm just going to suck it up for a bit here. I'm going to really just fucking get into it. It's going to take me sacrificing a whole bunch of things, just like walking through this stuff, trying to get through it in the trenches to get myself back on track. And that took a lot of pain. Like it was a painful experience, but it's led me to the path of long-term pleasure. Yeah. All right. But I think like that's an example of, it's the same as the gym, my man. Like if someone is out of shape, they are opting for the short-term pleasure of eating shitty foods, not going to the gym, watching Netflix over going to the gym, because that's the thing that gives them a little bit of pleasure in the moment. Yeah. But it yeah. will end them in long-term pain because health risks, they'll feel shit about themselves. Uh, so it's that, my man, where it's like gym is not too much different. Business is not too much different. A lot of it is dictated on if you just really suck it up and just take the short-term pain for a very short amount of time, go to the gym, smash out a session. Um, it will take a little bit, but that will end you in the long-term pleasure. And I think as well with that, my man, like you learn to love the things that suck sometimes. <laughs> like going to the gym, like the gym to me now is it's like my oasis. Like I, I love it. Like right now I've ruptured my ACL, so I can't train as hard as I usually do. And it's, it's affected me. Like I can't, like I don't show up as much. I don't have as much energy as much because I'm not training as much. You know, it's weird to say, but it's like, it's true. you'll learn to love, you'll learn to love the things that give you those, that short-term pain. It's the same when a business, I'm coaching someone who's running a business and they hate sales. If we can just work through the short-term pain of learning sales, helping them get them over their own limiting beliefs, their own little weird feeling about sales, it's going to take some pain, but it'll end them in long-term pleasure of, mastering sales and growing their business so yeah, it's, it's applicable to everything and i and those are a couple of examples that i could use to sort of reinforce that yeah yeah spot on and you just touched on then like energy energy cultivates energy that's what it is like if you're doing something every day say you get up and go for a run you get the blood flow going you're going to be more energetic first of the day you go to the gym you're going to be more energetic us talking right now having this conversation, having this chat, doing this podcast, we're putting energy out there without even knowing it. We're going to finish this podcast and like, we're going to be like, ah, what's next? What do we do? What do we do? Because we've already put energy into something else and it just becomes a flow and effect. So when you do things, it just becomes yep. something that you do. So it's like the habit of anything. Like you're going to build a habit and you're going to eventually keep doing that habit the same way. So true, man. It's all, it's like, it's like, it's about momentum. Like, I feel like it's just like, and, and, and again, momentum is applicable to everything as well. Yeah. Like momentum in business is important. Momentum in the gym is important. As you know, my man, as a good footballer, if you've got momentum, you're training well, you're going to the gym, your diet's on point, everything's starting to interconnect, you start to play well. And the momentum of all of those things just keep on going, going. Yeah. It's like a snowball. But if, if it's the other way where it's like, you're lazy, you don't go to training, you don't go to training and then you don't eat as, as well, you don't eat as well, you don't recover as well. You don't recover as well. You don't play as well. And it snowballs the other way. So it's like, just like a few conscious decisions each day can give you heaps of, as you said, my man's great point, can give you more energy. And it also gives you momentum. Uh, and as soon as you got momentum, it just becomes easier and easier and easier. But sometimes yeah. it's like, it's like the, um, the hardest part is sometimes just getting started and kicking start that momentum. Exactly. And like you touched on before, it's just about breaking that circuit. Like if you can just, have you heard of the, um, what's her name? 
she speaks about the five second rule, I think it is. Oh, yeah. Is it uh, Mel Robbins? Mel Robbins, yeah. Is it five seconds? Yeah, yeah, five seconds. It is, yeah. it is Mel Robbins, yeah. So she speaks about how you're laying in bed, for example. Mm. If you count from five down and on one, you just get out of bed, yeah. it's going to work. Same thing with anything. Like you yep. don't want to do something, count down from five and you trick yourself into doing it on one, you just do it no matter what. Yep. So I think that's a handy little trick for some people. Um, if yeah. they want to try and break the circuit and get out of that thing. Because as you said, when we, when you do start, it starts snowballing. So it starts happening. Yeah, Things start happening for you. I think as well, you touched on um, like just going through those, the hard times. Um, it's so cliche, but like it does make you stronger, 110%. But it makes you so much stronger. Like if you walk out of a, like if you walk out of a three year like struggle, yeah. And you're at the same point as someone else and they've just done it like from doing nothing or just being, having everything gifted to them. You're going to have the skills to be able to do so much more than them. And you're going to also have the mental toughness to be able to do more than what they do. So totally do. I think it's a great point you bring up, man. And <clears throat> look, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone to have, you know, their friend, um, overdose and or even to lose anyone or anything like that I wouldn't wish it upon anyone but it really is my I man I look back on it at the time it was one of the worst things I thought could happen but I looking back on it you know it's one of the best things that ever happened to to me not just that event and as I said I'd rather it probably didn't happen it was just very very bad not just for me but for the family and stuff like that more importantly so as I said I wouldn't I hope it never happens again to anyone around me or um, anything like that but it really has built me into the person who I am today. And it's like, there's a really cool like um, analogy about it. It's like, who would you rather go into war with? Would you rather go into war with someone who has read about war and just like learned textbook stuff about war? Or would you rather go to war with someone who's got fucking battle scars all over their face and they fought wars before? It's like, it's pretty obvious. I'd choose the person who's been through war and has proven strategies and a way forward and a mindset that's going to help get through that war rather than someone who's just read about it. So that's where it's like everything that does kind of happen, these adversities and stuff like that. It's a choice that you can make to yeah. help you move through them um, and to use them as fuel rather than, you know, to hold you back for sure. Yeah. Bang on. And then you can also grow it again by putting yourself in situations where you're uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Of course. Keep, keep pushing out and, just challenging yourself every day to do or whenever just to do the best thing you can. Of course. Pretty much. So swimming with sharks or we'll, we'll oh, go down soon. Me, me and my mate, we're gonna do it, but then COVID oh, we'll, happened. So. Yeah, real, oh, real you actually get up. Yeah, I was going to, yeah. Yeah. That's I've awesome. been, uh, I respect so, that. I, I respect that. But uh look out for it on my Instagram. It'll be me completely yeah. shitty. So. Man, I might have to come along. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, I've always wanted to do it. I've been waiting a while to do it, but That'd be pretty sick. Yeah, 100% lock it in. <laughs> we'll be there. <laughs> um, I was going to learn to actually skydive solo. Really? That's that's interesting. Yeah. Have you ever skydived before? I've like, skydived. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. And I want to, yeah, I booked in to do the course for like solo. That's epic, dude. And so you got to do like seven phases or something. It costs an arm and a leg, but like it'd be worth it. That'd be an epic experience. Long, long term when you can just jump out of a plane. Like... <laughs> It's like, what do I feel like doing today? I might just go jump out of a plane. Exactly. Uh, Got up the money to do it, but it'd be pretty hectic. <laughs> so do you think, as well, I want to touch on this. It's a pretty important point. 
but it kind of leads into like us doing the podcast and everything. Do you think you're a confident person? Because I've heard you talk about it before, um, I think on your page about how you don't think you are a confident person. I completely agree. I just, I think being confident is a skill. Like you've got to have the skill to be able to be confident and you've got to build that up. Like I, some people would say I'm a confident person as well, but I also probably don't agree. It's just, I've built my skills up to be able to be that person. Totally. Um, I would say like to answer the question. Yeah, I do think I'm like a, a confident person in yeah. um, different scenarios. But the reality is, is that no one's born confident. Like my man, like I, like in school, like fuck man, like teachers were trying to keep me down because I like yeah. couldn't learn and like couldn't communicate properly and stuff like that. And it's like that where I haven't always been a confident kind of guy. I used to get really anxious and stuff like that. Even like in like social settings, yeah. Uh, part of it was like when I was in the transition from like let's say off the rails, for lack of a better term, to uh, building my skill set and getting myself into a good communicator and learning how to just um, be more confident. It was just like the little skill sets that I that I picked up that made me confident. I wasn't always a confident person. I was very anxious for a long time. So it's like no one's born you know, confident, yeah. no one's born a great speaker. Yes, they might be in an environment where it encourages someone to be confident. Like let's say their parents are both like really confident and they are like big leaders and stuff like that. Like, of course, they're going to be naturally uh, quite confident because they're in an environment that, that breeds that. But yeah. a lot of us don't have an environment that growing up, you know, uh, breeds confidence or breeds certainty or breeds conviction. It's something that needs to be learned. And I feel like it's like art. If you can artificially create environments where you have to become confident, that's when you'll become confident. Yeah, spot um, on. Spot on. Like, like, when no, I, it's like when a big I, factor of me. Here you go. Sorry. So when I when I wanted to start a a, a business, like mm-hmm. I made the I just I just kept on going to different events where I had to speak. I remember the first event that I went to, I almost threw up. Because I was like, I went there and I'm like, look, I'm going to raise my hand. As soon as someone asks me that I'm going to, that like, if anyone wants to raise their hand, I'm going to do it. I was like, I was like, Fuck, please don't ask, awesome. don't ask, don't ask. And the, the, the guy up the front, there was like a group of like hundreds, there would have been probably 120, maybe 130 like business owners. He's little, him as a fucking kid, didn't even have a business. So I was working like, as is when I was working a part-time job and playing VFL. Uh, and I'm like, please do not ask the crowd to raise their hand because I do not want to do it. My, man, my brain was like, don't raise your hand. Don't. He asks, he's like, who wants to tell us why they're here today? And I'm like, my hand like slowly started to go. I was like shaking my fucking head. I'm like, no, 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 don't, 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 don't. I was like fighting with myself to put my hand up, put my hand up. Um, and dude, I don't know what come out my mouth. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it's good, good to be. I'm um, here to learn and yeah, made some, um yeah i'm just here to learn and i'm like what the fuck did I say? <laughs> i'm like i'm like i sat down and the guy no no shit dude the guy beside me like looked at me he's like you're good and i'm like yeah totally fine <laughs> like fuck like so dude like that that's where it started for me where i almost threw up going to an event because and I almost turned around still remember it was in the city like um oh my i went to the event almost turned around i had to force myself to go in i was that nervous so it's like now I, you know, now I run trainings for hundreds of people at a time from all over the world. Now my business is me consulting with people and talking to people like this every day for seven, eight hours a day. It's like, it, doesn't, it hasn't started here. This is like the, the end product that's still growing, by the way, that's still mm-hmm. growing every 
single day with how confident I am, my level of communication and stuff like that. I'm always open to be continually upskilling, but it's like, fuck man, no matter where you start, uh, you can you can become confident. You just got to artificially create environments like that, which I'm sure you have to get here, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to touch on as well. Like even me doing this is for that. Like obviously there's a lot of reasons behind doing the podcast, but it is part of the reason to actually grow my confidence because I know that by doing it, like you press, like I still get nervous sometimes. Like I'll get people on and I'm just like, you know, you're ready for it. But you get that, um, that what's it called? The accept or decline thing up the top of the Zoom and you're like, oh, here they are. I've got to do it. Got to climb them. <laughs> I'm stuffed. That's oh, accept and there you go. You're talking. It's like, oh, we're on. Like you got to do it. And then you finish, and you're like, "What are you like? What are you even doing? It's not even anything. Like, it's nothing." <laughs> but it's yeah, you still, yeah, you still get that bad. feeling. Yeah, it's it's a funny one, but yeah, like you definitely just got to cultivate it. And as we said before, just putting yourself out of your comfort zone, um, actually being aware of the things around you and the opportunities to do that as well. To actually put yourself out of your comfort zone is a big thing. Like just yeah. becoming aware of it, I think, is massive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the more you do it, the better you're going to be. 100%, 100%. It's a good, good point. I think it's like my man, like, so you're talking about there, like the awareness, it's like the self-awareness thing of like, I was very self-aware when I wanted to start a business that my level of communication was not anywhere near where it needed to be. Mm. And it was just like an honest chat with myself that had to happen. It wasn't because I wasn't good enough. It wasn't because I couldn't do it. I just have to, I just had to say, I am a shit speaker right now. Like not from a place of hate or guilt, but just like a place of ownership to say like, geez, I'm horrendous at speaking. I'm bad. Like, yeah. and it's that, like it's the same with most things. Self-awareness will just breed certainty and breed action in different areas. Um, if, same in like a football setting, if we use like a sport setting, for example, if you're self-aware to the point where you're like, I'm a shit kick. Like I cannot kick a footy to save myself. Like my efficiency is at 51%. It's the self-awareness to say, I need to practice. Yeah. I need to put myself in artificial environments where I can get good. Mm. All right. Same in business. If you're self-aware and say like, look, I suck at sales. I'm shit at sales. No doubt about it. And if that's the fact and you say, I have a close rate of 31%. So I need to get better. I need to practice. I need to artificially create an environment where I can practice. So it's like, it's the self-awareness thing of, yes, understanding like the environment and opportunities and stuff like that. Also understanding like where your flaws are, not from a, again, not from a place of, you know, of hate or self-hate or, hey, I'm not good enough, but from a place of, look, if I want to be the best, I need to get better. It's as simple as that. Yeah, bang on, bang on. I think success leaves clues. If you look at, it's going to say ultra successful person. You look at uh, LeBron James, look at Michael Jordan. Like, if you want to think of outside that, think of, um, think of like Oprah. I'm trying to think of the different demographic you'll get yeah. on here. Like, think of Oprah. Think of anyone who's had a, a significant amount of success. They will practice what they do every single day. And they probably didn't start the way that they are. Mm. They have built themselves into that person by being very self aware um to practice to get good one to get good at the things that they suck at but two to double down on the things that they're good at as well like it's just yeah. 
it's one of my favorite things to always remember. It's like success leads because you want to look at what, um, you know, is going to work. Just look at the people who have already built something of significance that you want to build and you'll yeah. find a few of them. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. I was literally going to say exactly the same quote like yeah. two seconds after you said it, but yeah, success leaves clues. So but it's actually, yeah, as all these quotes, like we can say them and we can do them, but until we actually put them into action, they're, they're not much, you know. True. Um, the empty suitcase. Mm. I've heard you speak about when, I don't know where it was, but I have it noted here. I forgot I actually put that in, but the empty suitcase. So, well, tell me about it and then, you know, share, share what it is because I've forgotten. <laughs> so and the, the empty suitcase is a sort of a process that I was, um, it's something that you can do in the term of clearing your mind. And that's really what emptying the suitcase kind of means. It's really like a journaling process that I don't do it as much anymore. Um, but at the time that was probably, six or seven months ago that I was talking, talking about that. It's still a process that um, I still, you know, teach and I still get my clients and stuff to do it sometimes. But if you're really the process is of like emptying the suitcase, if you imagine the analogy of every single day that you get up, right, you have an empty suitcase. All right. And throughout the whole day, every single little thing that happens is as if you're filling up that suitcase. Someone might maybe cuts you off in traffic, Maybe someone around you says something you don't agree with. Maybe someone triggers you. Uh, it goes into the suitcase, goes into the suitcase, goes into the suitcase. Something happens at work, goes into the suitcase. Uh, something happens at home, goes into the suitcase. Something doesn't go your way, fills the suitcase. Now, the big reason as to why a lot of people feel overwhelmed, stressed, um, and really just in their head or cloudy every single day is because if you think of the analogy, if you get home, and there's just like this full suitcase full of all the shit that's happened throughout the day. Typically what most will try and do is just like slip that suitcase underneath the bed to suppress everything that's happened and then get up the next day and try and go again. All right. And get up with this full suitcase again still. And then that day happens to try and fill it with more shit. By the time the end of the week, it's just like, you know, you can't fit any more shit in and if it's metaphorical for the mind and how the brain works, like if you're hanging on to every single thing that happens throughout the week and you're thinking about them, like it's going to be pretty stressful. Yeah. But the, like the process that I would use, if you're someone out there and you do feel like you just have heaps of things happen and you feel like there's a lot of stresses in your life. Well, one process I would recommend is like journaling at the end of the night to literally just like get all the shit out on paper that you feel like has happened and almost have a conversation with yourself um, about, okay. And, and look, dude, this is still, as I said, I don't do it every single night, but I, throughout lockdown, I've done it twice. Well, I'll literally just like write down how I'm feeling. I'll start to unpack it um, into, you know, why am I feeling this way? How, what's inside yeah. my realm of control? How can I change this? If I can't change it, well, why am I worrying about it? And if I can change it, well, how can I, what are the action yeah. steps? So it's almost like the process behind that, my man, is like, if you think of your mind, your brain and the capacity to think as a suitcase and all this shit happens throughout the day, instead of suppressing it and just shoving it underneath the, uh, underneath the bed to grab it out the next day, try like emptying out the suitcase 
and just like journaling on the things that you're stressing about. Because typically what will happen if you start to really process it externally with yourself, just writing it down, typically you'll come to a conclusion that either it doesn't matter or you can fix it. Yeah. All right. Or it's, it's like the, it's like the, I guess the example that I'll use, it's like when you're having a conversation with someone and you tell them a problem that you're having and in 3.3 seconds, they tell you, why don't you just do this? And then you're like, why the fuck didn't I yeah. think about this whole time? Because when we're in our head about something, we're very, very emotional. All right. We've got two parts of our brain. Uh, the right side is the creative side where we create a lot and we're very emotional. The left side's very logical. It's where we think about shit. Typically, if someone's very light, uh, left brain, they'll think, overthink a lot of things. All right. The journaling process helps you get into the more creative side and come up with solutions. Yeah. That's right. So it's, so it's that where if you can get yourself outside your head where you're continually thinking about shit and you just write it out on paper, this is that typically you'll either come up with a, 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 a solution or you'll come to the conclusion that it doesn't matter and you can just say, okay, well, great. Let's just focus on the next day. Mm, uh, yeah. But it's, 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 it's hard to come to a conclusion or come to a solution when you're in your head about things. So I usually use like a journaling process. Uh, there's no right or wrong with it. Just sit down and have like a conversation yeah. with your yeah. writing. Um, and obviously that's the empty the suitcase thing. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And obviously there's probably people sitting there thinking, shit, I don't like writing. I don't like doing this. You can do it anyway. Like I'm, I assume calling a mate, it's the same thing. Like, as you said, when you call a mate and you let all of your kind of thoughts out, it's emptying the suitcase as well. And so is meditating. So is going for a walk. If you find something that for you is that emptying of the suitcase and you find that it works, just do it. And that's the same as what we spoke about before with just snapping into things and snapping into the moment and knowing when you need to do things. Like knowing when you're in a slump, getting up, doing it. Knowing when you got to get out of bed, getting up, doing it. If you feel like shit, Get up and do that thing. If you find that thing, use it. Keep using it. Use the same thing over and over and you'll be able to use it for the best and help yourself in the end. So very good. Bang on. Yeah, very good. I love that. Bang on. Yeah. Um, something that kind of links into that is making committed decisions. So when you want to make a decision to do something, how do you make a decision and how do you then follow through with it? Yeah, good, good question. I think... Um, my man, there's a quote out there. I don't want to quote it exactly because I'll butcher it. But it's it's literally like, um, here's the simple breakdown of it. Most, most people don't get what they want um, because they don't fully commit and they don't just make a decision that's going to fucking happen no matter what. Yeah. Um, it's as simple as that. If you can just train yourself again, this is a, this is a skill that's practiced as well. This isn't a gift that someone has. Uh, it's a skill that can be acquired. If you just get good at making real commitments, to say, I'm going to make it work no matter what, uh, it will work out. So no different to me, my man, like when I was in the transition from off the rails to becoming uh, just like the, the ultimate version of myself, I made a committed decision. It wasn't like, there's a big difference between this. There's a big difference between being interested in having something happen and committing to it. Yeah. There's a big difference between being interested in going to the gym and committing to it. It's a big difference between being interested in starting a business and committing. All right. And it's that where it's like, 
if you can find the dynamic or the difference between those two things and be very, and again, self-awareness is everything, you know if you're fully committed or if you're just talking about it. Like you'll know deep, deep down. So I think my man to give you some like solidified, um, I guess, um, answers to that question. When I fully commit to something, I'm very, like a very visual learner. Uh, that's why I was horrendous at school because I couldn't really understand when I could, when I was reading shit, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. But if I can imagine and visualize and have someone do a presentation, I can comprehend very quickly, very yeah. fastly. Um, but but with that, my man, I'm very visual. So I write stuff down. Uh, I've got a whiteboard here with like my goals on it, uh, yeah. my commitments and yeah. my intention. All right. So I have my commitments. If you want to call them that, you can call them goals, commitments, actions, whatever, intentions, whatever, whatever fits well for you. I have them in a place where I 100% can not, um, you know, not see them. I see them every day. I write them down. When I feel like I'm getting away from the commitment or I feel like I'm letting myself slip, I'll go back to the process of just writing it all down. All right. And I um, I write in, you know, I was just like a future pace kind of thing where I'm like, I'm, I'm grateful that I have achieved this when it hasn't already, hasn't happened. Now call this law of attraction, call it whatever you want. I just write down and I'm like, I'm grateful that I already have, um, you know, a sneaker footwear design business. I'm grateful that I already have this, that, the other, where I just every day focus on the commitment. Yeah. Um, and a big part of that is, you know, I meditate, my man, you know, right now in lockdown, uh, meditating like four or five times a day, but usually on like a, a usual day, I'll meditate once or twice a day, morning, night. All right. Yeah. And I use those to reflect on my commitments so that every time I wake up, focus on my commitments. All right. Every time yeah. I go to sleep, I'm at least thinking about or visualizing, thinking about my my commitments. So that that's how I would really, my man, that's how I do it anyway, to answer your question. Yeah. If I make a commitment to something and how I execute on it, I, I focus on it every day. Yeah. Um, and I, again, self-awareness, my man, like I'm just very aware now and I've trained myself by the way I haven't always been like this yep. I, just, I don't let myself slip much meaning that I don't really um long story short if I know I'm not showing up in the way that I could I just own it and be like dude this fucking this is shocking it's all yep. talk all yeah. right and I'll come up with a plan on how to start to take more action all right yeah. so I think it's set the commitment focus on it every single day uh and be very careful with how much you talk about it and how much action you take. All right. Cause there's a, there's a big difference between those two things. Uh, so what you said before about, you know, success leaves clues. It's true, but if you don't action it, nothing's, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Spot on, spot on. Yep. And then even in that, like when we're in a shit time and we're in a slump sort of mm -hmm. thing, how do we get out of that? In terms of getting, your goals or getting like a commit when you, if you commit to something, to commit to something. Yeah. When you're in a slump, I think this is the power of um, having at least one person An environment's great. But if you can have someone in your environment, who's already walked the path and already done the thing that you want to do, that's the biggest weapon that I feel like you can have in your life. If you want to achieve something really, really profound, or maybe even not. Maybe it's something that, you know, maybe it's really profound to you, but it's not something of massive, massive achievement. Whatever yeah. it is, any form of achievement. Let's just say, honestly, if you want to get in the best shape of your life, all right, 
find someone who's already done it and ask them if you can ask them some questions, get some info on how they did it. Uh, if you want to grow a business, if you want to make a million dollars, go find someone who's made a million dollars and ask them, hey, can you mentor me? Now, I probably just don't ask that. But <laughs> say, look, I'll do this for you. All I expect for you is you to teach me everything you know. All yeah. right? Because if you, can, if you make a committed decision and you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but instead you see all of the sort of action steps that you need to take. The moment you get off park, you can just go back to the the person who's already done it and be like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I feel like I'm struggling right now. I feel yeah. like I'm stuck. They'll be like, great. I felt that way 3 million times throughout my journey. Mm, yeah. All right. So here's what to do. So I think, my man, it's about create an environment where if you have a committed decision, try and find someone who's already done it and suck as much out of it as you can. Yeah. And when yeah. you feel down, don't think that you're on your own um, or that you're feeling down because you're not worthy of that thing or you're yeah. not cut out for it. Just think that everyone goes through their challenges. Everyone goes through a tough time. So find someone who's been through it and then you can bounce ideas off them. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the best advice I could give for that scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Bang on. I think you now now the head on the head. <laughs> <laughs> the now the head on the hip. <laughs> Hit the nail on the head with that one. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, awesome, mate. Good stuff. With the, you spoke that you're meditating. Mm. What sort of stuff do you do with your meditation practice? And um, when did you start doing that as well? Like, w was it something that you've obviously it wasn't something you've always done because sure years ago you weren't doing it but why why did you start doing it what sort of stuff do you do as well yeah um started the first part of that question my man i started um probably about four years ago meditating yeah. um now how i do it is usually i'll do like some form of like a visualization exercise in the morning so this is where i was like, like being very clear on what you want's important meaning like down to the T, what you want, you know, from a business standpoint, if you run a business or it's just like the everyday life um, kind of vibe, just being clear on what you want. I just focus on, again, those committed, those commitments that I've made, the goals that I want to achieve. I just like visualize on them um, and just like imagine that they'd already have happened and I see them sort of play out the best that I can in my mind. Uh, so I'll do that for 10 to 15 minutes each morning. Um, yeah. I don't try and, I, I don't create too many rules around it. Like usually I'll, get up, take the dogs for a walk, go get coffee. People tell me, oh, you shouldn't do meditation after coffee because you have caffeine. Like, I don't want, I don't really have that many rules around it. Yeah. Like, and this is the thing, my man, like for anyone out there who wants to meditate or they feel like they want to get into it, it's just about finding what works for you. Like yeah. I've heard so many people tell me, oh, you shouldn't meditate uh, before you have um you know, or after you have coffee. And I'm like, well, fuck, I'll fall asleep if I don't. Like, every time I go to meditate, when I wake up, I just fall back to sleep. So meditation like, is an alertness as well. So like that doesn't even, you know. So, 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 so with this, my man, so I'll do a visualization in the morning, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and to use now as an example, as a time of recording this, where you're in a, you know, our lockdown here in, in Melbourne, you know, what is it, the 4th of June? Um, my man, you know, the external is pretty crazy right now. Um, meaning there's a lot of shit going on. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, I can't control, you know, when we're going to be out of lockdown, things like that. A lot of it's affecting different things. You know what yeah. I mean? Like 
surgery. I can't get surgery on my knee. It keeps getting pushed months and months. Can't, you know, and look, that's one small problem in many more that other people would have. But with that, my man, when, when the external gets crazy, I just go further internal. All right. That's why I'm meditating more. Um, so I do like three or four like mini meditations throughout the day. So I do the big one in the morning, um, you know, big relative to the other ones that I do. How long is that? Um, so I do 10 to 15 minutes in the morning and then I'll do like five to seven minutes throughout the, like at yeah. three, Resets. sort of three times a day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when I feel like I, I'm just like pulled to do it, I'll do one at night. And look, the ones throughout the day, they're more just like, breathing yeah like not, not really like visualizing or, anything body like scan that. or something like that yeah entering yeah yeah i use yeah. like a mantra so it's uh it's called a vedic meditation where you focus on like a mantra where i've actually heard of that yeah yeah so that's, that's the one that again that's what works best for me the one yeah but focus on my breath i usually do that one at night but i feel like throughout the day i'm a lot more in a different vibration and a different brainwave so it's harder yeah. for me to Spot slow on. down yeah. The thing of me like saying something over and over again in my mind, not out loud, but just like over that's the that's the one that works best for me. And then the one at night where I am more chilled, I finished up on all my calls, uh, I do relax a lot more. I just do the breath work. So yeah. again, my man, like, that's the practice that works for me. I don't like to create too many rules because then I get stressed if I don't hit it and then it just yeah. sort of defeats the purpose. Yeah. But I just I have a standard for myself that I do at least one every day. Yeah. Um, as I said, right now, I've got a bit more time on my hands um, here in lockdown. So uh, as I said, when it gets pretty crazy external, I just go further internal just to keep calm. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Awesome. I think as well, yeah, you can, you kind of touched on it again before, but you can get into a meditation state in a different way to what is typically a meditation state. So, or a meditative state. I should say um another thing you can do is when you're in that meditative state you can think about things so it can give you a clearer i'm not sure if you've actually tried this it's kind of like something i play around with but you can think about things and your ideas and your thoughts get clearer and they become clearer than what they were before the meditation so we all talk about meditation being that thing where you come away from your thoughts and you bring yourself to your center or to you. I kind of sometimes play around with, if I have a thought and I'm in that meditation state, I just go with it. And that thought goes into other thoughts, but I'm clear on the thought because I'm in that state and I'm in that headspace. So I just keep going with it. And it, that's actually a really good one as well that I've kind of used. It's a bit different and a bit quirky, but um, you can Epic. use that one sometimes. Epic. I'll have to give it a crack. Yeah, definitely try it. We're talking about my man isn't it just like finding what works for you um i feel like like swimming for me is very meditative mm. like I, I like when i'm swimming, swimming running yeah of, like a lot of good uh or like creative ideas come to me so it's like it's just about yeah man like i'm the man, same like, many different things that's pretty yeah putting thought into it like when you are swimming you it's breath work you know what i mean like you actually you're doing breath work Oh, where did I hear it? I heard it somewhere, but there was a guy, I don't know, I can't actually remember what it was, but let's call him Gary or whatever, Jill, yes. John. But yeah, he he used to swim and who was it? But he used to go for a swim like once a day. I think he was like a neuroscientist or something. Yeah. And he had like awesome ideas when he was swimming. So what he did, what he started doing was he 
took a notepad with him while he was swimming. He left it on the side of the pool and he'd do a few laps and then he'd get out of the pool, write like all these notes down and then come exactly. back out. And then like you'd come back in and out of the pool and everyone was like looking at him like he was a bloody psychopath or something. But exactly. <laughs> he's just writing all these notes down because he thought he thought best in the pool. That's epic. I love that. So it's a good point you kind of touch on. Like you can can get good thought out of different things in different environments. Yeah. And so it shows the importance of, as well of changing up your environment as well to That's it. help you with yeah. your goals. For sure, for sure. Bang on. Um, we're going to go a little bit further, a little bit deeper, go back to goal setting. Mm. Um, how do we set goals? What's the best way for you personally to set goals and how can other people set goals? I know before you've heard about the soccer, you've talked about the soccer analogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Can you just touch on all those things a little bit further? Elaborate. So the, so the soccer analogy is obviously majority of people know soccer. But if you don't know soccer, there's there's uh, I don't know exactly how many players there are on a field, um, but there's two teams kicking a ball around. All right. Um, now, if you think about what they're out there for, um, their intention on the field is to kick the goal. Now, if like if you if you think of this from a goal setting perspective, if you're someone who doesn't have goals, really it's like you're a soccer player going out on the field and there's no goals up either end. Now, everyone's going to be running around out on the field thinking, well, what the fuck are we doing? What are we out here for? Who's winning? No one knows because there's no goals. <laughs> All right. And it's like the game will end and they will be no better off from when they started to when they finished because they've just mindlessly kicked the ball around all day. And some of them probably wouldn't have even tried because they're like, well, there's no point. We just want to stand here. We're kicking the ball around. So it's that where it's like life is very much the same. If you don't have goals, if you think about the soccer field and the 90 minutes plus overtime that they go out there to kick a ball around, the day is essentially, you're going out in the day, you've got 24 hours or, you know, obviously you, you sleep. So you've got 16 hours to go out there and try and achieve a goal. If you don't have a goal, you're going to be going out there mindlessly, unsure of whether you're moving forward or whether you're moving backwards. Typically, if you're not moving forwards, you're moving backwards anyway. Yeah. So it's like if you think about that of, if you don't have goals, you're a, really a pawn or a part of someone else's. Yeah. All right. Meaning so. that someone's going to use you for their goal. Meaning that if you're in a workplace, and this is this is all good. If you're if you're aware of it, and you're like, look. My goal is to help this person grow a business because I want to climb the ladder and become CEO. Great. Fucking epic. But you've got to have that intention because if you don't, you'll go out every single day and think about, you'll get home and think, was that a successful day? Like, what happened? Am I moving towards my goals or not? Like, yeah, that's the analogy that I'll use, my man, because as soon as you put a goal in place, you know if you're moving forward or you know if you're taking the right action steps or you're connected with the right people to get there. But if you don't know what your goals are, you just continually go out every single day mindlessly thinking, am I doing the right things to move forward or or not? And that can be a quite yeah. stressful place. So that, that's like the analogy that I would use. I mean, that's why it's important to have some form of vision. So to transition into the answer to the other part of that question, my man, like how do you set goals? It really, you got to start with the end in mind. Uh, meaning you need to have a very clear vision for where you want to go. It's no different as a business owner comes to me um, and if I don't know where they want to go, let's just say, like, look, I want to grow a business. Like, okay, 
It's very vague. I don't know what that means. And if I try and set goals with that, those goals might not align with what they actually want. Yeah, bang on. Yeah, all right. So it's gonna you gotta get as specific as possible. This is like there's the smart goal setting system that um, that gets spoken about a lot. Um, like different um, letters of smart stand for a different acronym of um, say a word. S is specific, M is measurable, A is attainable, R is realistic, T is time based. Yeah. So those are the things you want to tick off. How specific is the goal? If someone wants to grow a business, it's like okay, well, how do you want? How much do you want to grow the business? How much money do you want to make? Well, I want to make ten thousand dollars a month. Okay, great. It's measurable. It's specific. Then you can set goals towards that. So it's about starting with the end in mind and then reverse engineering that. Um, so before you set a goal, think about what the goal is actually going to achieve and why you want to get there. Because if you <clears throat> don't start with the end in mind. You might be setting goals that are unrealistic that you don't even know is going to move you towards the right thing. You could be ticking off goals. Uh, the way the way that there's a good like little metaphor for it, it's like um, it's like before, before you climb the ladder, make sure the ladder's leaning against the right wall. Yeah. It's the same with, so before you set goals, make sure you're setting goals based on where you want to go. Because if you get to the top of the ladder or achieve all your goals and you get to the wrong place, well, it's a long way back down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did hear someone speak about something similar the other day about just your compass. And you would have heard this one too, I think. Just wherever your compass is pointing, I'm not sure where I heard it, but wherever your compass is pointing is the direction you could be going. So you could be putting all the work in, in the world and doing really well with what you're doing, but your compass is facing north and you're meant to be going south and the destination is south. You're just going to waste your time. You're going to walk all this way north, you're eventually probably going to come to south where you want to be, but it's going to, you're going to go the whole way around the world and then you're going to hit south rather than if you direct your compass in the right direction, you're walking towards south, you get there in 10 days. Yeah, so totally. Good metaphor. Maybe you should just say you come up with these things, bro. I just feel like, oh, yeah, I come should. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I did come up. <laughs> I did come up with the, the thinking and meditation. So that's my yeah, claim to fame. Good. I haven't heard that before. Yeah, that's a good one. That's my claim to fame. Um, another one, touching on just life and doing the things we want to do. And I think we, we spoke about it before, how we just need to do it and we need to do it. There's the bitch wolf and the savage wolf. I heard you speak about this on Ollie's potty. And it yeah. stood out to me massively because it made me laugh first of all <laughs> i actually had a massive trip i think i was driving to like i drove to bright from geelong so it was yep. a big trip and just had to listen to something while i was on the way so i listened to that and yeah it was, it was a good one so bitch wolf savage wolf do you want to touch yeah. on that and what that means i i can't can totally do um, um so so with that is first of all let's say like anything that you want to achieve, right? Let's start with the first part of that question. It's like, you know, when you want to do something in life, all right, you want to achieve something, um, manifest this, that, the other, there's going to be two voices in your head, all right? I like to call them, one of them's a bitch wolf, the other one's a savage, all right? For lack of a better term, okay? You can call them whatever you want. But with that is that whenever you get after something, there's going to be one voice who says, dude, you got this. All right, you can do it 100%. Let's go out and crush it. All right. And there'll be another voice who says, bro, who the fuck do you think you are? 
there's not a chance. No way are people going to judge us. Who do you think you are? You can't, like, you can't do this. You've been a slow learner. You can't read properly. Or you're a bad speaker. Like, what do you think, man? You can't do this. All right. And why I call them like the, the wolves is that every time you basically um, really acknowledge one of those voices or you act on one of those voices, meaning that if the savage one's like, yeah, man, go and do it, crush it. And you say, great, I'm going to go do it. You essentially feed that wolf. All right. But every single time the bitch wolf says, there's no way you can do this. Like, no way. Like, you've never been able to do that. You, you Like, who do you think you are? Every time you feed that one, either one of them is going to grow in any side. The one that you feed the most is going to be the strongest. All right. So if you continually just like give in to your little bitch wolf, it will get very, very strong. And it'll get louder. And the other one won't even probably talk that much anymore. The other wolf, because it'll just be so suppressed, so weak that it'll just be like, well, there's no fucking point. It's not going to do it anyway. All right. So if you just think about that, is that every single thing, and this is the thing, like, it's not that you'll feed the strong, savage, empowered wolf every single time. All right. In fact, nor should you, because there's probably some things where you'll go to do it and the other, the, the other wolf will come up and be like, this is a bad idea. And it probably is a bad idea. So it's not about continuous. Like, should you know, I do this triple backflip off a roof? Hmm. Yeah. Should I skydive off this plane without a thing? Uh, without a parachute? Probably not. He's like, do it, you little bitch. No, it's like, you're probably not going to do it in every single scenario. All right. Nor should you. But it's about having a good contrast and a good balance of understanding when the weaker wolf or the bitch wolf is really just talking shit. Yeah. And it's and it, it is talking based on limiting beliefs, things that you may think are true that aren't. All right. Here's an example. When I wanted to be a good speaker and I wanted to grow a business, I had two wolves. One wolf was telling me, dude, who the hell do you think you are? You've just come out of two, three years of drugs, alcohol. You're anxious. You can't even talk to people. You almost throw up when you go to parties. How the hell are you going to do this? All right. But then I had this little dwimmering hope of this voice in the background behind that one that was whispering saying there might be a chance though <laughs> maybe if you practice you'll get good all right and i started to feed that one a little bit and then every moment after that well look the first time i went to an event and i muttered those weird words out that didn't even make sense when that guy asked me to raise my hand the bitch wolf was like dude i fucking told you we should not have been here I told you you shouldn't have done that all right but i just kept on practicing and just listening to the voice that I wanted to, which was the strong one, which was like, dude, you can do it. Like, just keep working, keep practicing. Naturally, it started to get stronger. Mm. All right. And still to this day, I have both wolves in every scenario. Not as much, but if I do, no different. If I get the same as what you said before about the podcast, you still get nervous. There's still a voice that comes up sometimes that says, don't screw it up, dude. Don't. All right, don't do this. All right. It's always going to be there, but it's just about getting good at thinking, well, that's that wolf again. I'm going to go with the other one. All right. So those are the representations I have in my mind because that's what sort of uh, helps me sort of just like visualize things. As I said, I'm a very visual learner. Yeah. Uh, so I can visualize things very well. So if I visualize one wolf and the other one and just like me in every scenario thinking, ah, oh, that's that again. Maybe I'll just go down this path. It. But it's about finding what the representations are for you. Some people call them like, might be an angel and the other one might be the devil. Like yeah. it's a bit heavy, if you ask me, but it's the same philosophy. All right, just find what 
is going to work for you and then realize that there's going to be two voices all the time. It's just going to depend on what one that you feed the most. Um, do I hope that makes sense, dude? If you want me to elaborate. It makes complete sense. Yeah. I've, I love that one. I've actually, I've used that one before. Like, I think I was like, I explained it to my mate after I listened to the podcast and then he was like, yeah, that's epic. <laughs> and then I was like running one day and I was just like charging through and I was absolutely staffed and I got like to that hard bit in my brain and I'm like, bitch woof, savage woof. What should I do? <laughs> should I do it? Should I do it? Savage woof, eat. <laughs> Be free. Oh, oh. I like beasted the session and I was just like, yeah, easy to me. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's a good one i have actually used it a few times so it's good it's good it does come up sometimes yeah it's a really good analogy so i want to go a bit um deeper back to what we spoke about earlier in the podcast just those tough times um kind of what you went through mm-hmm. did you want to touch on a few other things that have kind of been tough for you through the journey and um, even if you want to go a little bit deeper into those um, dark depths that you kind of found yourself in, um, in, in the challenging situations and um, yeah, even sure. the, the drugs and the alcohol and how deep you did actually go, if you feel comfortable. And um, yeah. I can, yeah, I'll, I can give you an example of my man. An example of um, that one, I mean, this is the thing, my man, like I, I've done a lot of work to um, be okay with, what happened and not even just be okay with it, but, you know, really love myself for, for what I went through. And it took a long time to get there because there's a part of myself that I really hated myself for some time um, for the um, basically the decisions that I made and the, like, how just like I didn't look after myself. I, I hated myself for a long time and it hurts me to even say that. Um, but it took a long time for me to fully accept and love myself again for those things. I did a lot of healing around it. Um, so my man, like, talking about it is it's okay to me um to talk about so there's absolutely no problem going back there um really you know to talk about i have to get into really in depth about what happened but this can paint a picture of just like how um i guess bad it was um like i mean there there was times where we we'd go out and party and stuff like that and it was like six or seven days man like that we wouldn't come home you know what i mean like we'd be like going from house to house like this is the thing my man it all started with just one decision to be like oh let's drink this weekend and then next thing you know it's you know four five six seven days later um that we're still partying um you know what i mean so that, that's sort of like a picture of my man like to, don't even really need to go into heaps and heaps of death but um that was sort of how sort of significant it got my man where i was like there was relationships around me that were being ruined as i said i was in a relationship at the time um that was quite toxic not just because like look i I take massive responsibility for that i was the main um problem like we both were in a um you know in it together but um it was that my man where it was it was a pretty dark dark place um but my man i can even fast forward like even to give probably a better example um is even like probably one of the big challenges that I've ran into over the last, you know, like man, let's even say the last four months um, to give you a real recent one is the, like my knee injury. Um, my obviously ruptured my ACL um, at footy training 
uh, pre-season this year. Uh, this year was essentially going to be my last year of football. Because um, last year, like I was going to play like last year, but that was um, through COVID, so I couldn't play that year. Um, and then this year was going to be my last year to sort of finish on, you know, a, a big note and give it a full crack and stuff like that. Um, and then obviously ruptured my ACL and it did really, you know, it affected me mentally. Um, so my man, it was that where, again, this is about, like you said, the compass, this is about having a vision. This is about not having eggs in one basket. Um, meaning that when the ACL happened, dude, I was shattered, man, like fucking gutted. Shadow, anyone who's done an injury that's going to put you out for, you know, 12 months or more will know. Uh, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Very hard. Very hard to keep showing up and to remain optimistic. Um, so I spent the time, my man, I guess, um, to give you some perspective. I did just spend a couple of the days after it happened just to, just to really reflect. Uh, and allow myself to just sit in some emotions where I wasn't that happy, to be honest. I was just like, I accepted the fact that I feel like shit right now after what had happened, felt like shit. Um, and I just allowed myself to say, I'm just going to feel these emotions. It's not that I'm um, going to suppress them and say, like, well, I have to remain optimistic and I have to be happy all the time. I said to myself, I feel like shit right now and I'm just going to let myself be until I feel ready to really deal with this. Now, look, it didn't take long. It really took a couple of hours. I was back in the game. But what I'm saying is that it's about being aware to say, like, Fuck, I feel like crap right now. Um, what really pulled me out of the sort of victim mindset of why me, this is why this has happened, et cetera, et cetera, was I just focused on how is this going to serve me and how is this going to, you know, build me in an even stronger person? And what can I do with this time that I'm going to have that I wouldn't have had before? All right. And I just allowed myself to level up through that time. So I was like the time when I ruptured the ACL, I couldn't really do much for like a week. Um, and I was doing little, like still on phone calls and stuff like that with clients because they have stuff to take care of. Um, it was that where I, I committed. I learned a new skill. I learned Photoshop. I learned editing. I le learned video editing. Uh, and through that time, I come out the other side uh, and I had my biggest month that I've ever had in business. And the business grew significantly through that time of what was going to be adversity. So I think like the moral of the story is there's going to be challenges, whether they're dark places or whether they're just shit times or adverse things that happen. It's about not having all the eggs in one basket and having other things outside of you. Sort of what you're talking about before, like having like a fun goal or having something else that's going to take your mind off that thing and onto the other thing. And it's going to allow you to still grow through that time. Yeah. Um, and it's like, if you probably, maybe if you're sitting there and you think, well, I don't really have anything else. I don't have a business that I could work on when I'm in a tough time. I don't have anything else. Well, that's the time that you can spend to um, think about what you want to do. That's the time then when you can think about what is a fun goal that I could do. And it doesn't have to be business. It could be anything. Um, Something creative usually helps, whether it's art, whether it's, um, you know, uh, something outdoors, whether it's a hobby, things like that. Um, but my man, that's probably like the latest adverse thing that's happened. Yeah. yeah. This day, that's how I get through all my man. Like, like, like surgery gets, keeps getting pushed back and back and back. I still haven't had it operated on. It was almost five months ago that it happened. You know what I mean? So that's in itself very frustrating. Um, but 
know, it's still to this day, I still work around and think, well, uh, I'm building out new business structures. I'm building out new programs. I'm bringing on more clients than I would have because I got more time. So there's always like positives and negatives in every situation. It's just about trying to find the good. Yeah. Yeah. No, spot on. I think I can definitely relate to a lot of what you said there. Even when it's not obviously as bad, but I had my ankle injury early days. Um, and then we played the game against you guys. That was my first game back. So I missed all the preseason games. And then um, played round one and then broke my wrist. <laughs> so... Yeah, spewing, but um, I kind of feel for you there. But you're spot on. Like, you've just got to keep adjusting and making new ways of doing things. Like, it's given me more time to focus on the gym and building that sort of stuff up. And um, if it wasn't for that, like, I would have been consumed more in footy. So I probably wouldn't have been able to do as well and do as much. So it's a positive in a way. You've got to take the positives from it. Um, but, yeah, the same with, like, the, the rough times with your, um, the drugs and the alcohol definitely been through that as well where just things don't work out the way you want it and you go through um that tough phase and i probably did the same or similar to you went down a similar path to you but over a quicker time period just over a year or two just went ham to leather and just you know kind of stuffed myself a little bit but um i was always in control but always kind of um it just did affect me a fair bit and had to kind of find the balance but it did teach me heaps so um, like us being who we are today and um, wanting to actually achieve things, it does come from those yeah. tough times. And if we didn't go through them, we wouldn't be doing this chat right now. So um, for anyone that actually is struggling and that's going through stuff, it's going to you know, come out the other end and um, good things are going to come. You've just got to start to use it and find the things yeah. that work best for you. Yeah, appreciate it, bro. I agree. Well said. Spot on. Linking to that a little bit as well, identity is something I'm pretty massive on. Um, mm. You spoke about how you put your identity on footy as a younger younger kid. And um, as, you, as you've grown up, you probably put your identity on other things as well. I definitely put my identity just on footy, put all my eggs in one basket, as you said, early days. And then um, when things didn't work out the way I wanted, kind of stuffed me over a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, I talk about it a fair bit and I talk about putting our identity on our values and our morals and the people that we are mm-hmm. rather than putting them on a specific measurable thing because they can always be changed by external things, external forces or even ourselves. So um, what do you think about identity and how it all works? Yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. It's it's a good point you bring up. I think, um, I mean, one, one thing with identity is that, as you said, like early on in my days, I was fully attached. My identity was just, I wanted to be an AFL footballer. Um, that was the only thing that I sort of had really in my awareness. And as soon as that got ripped away, it was, it was uh, as if, again, that was why it was so intense for me because I felt like that was the only thing that I had. So it's even with identity, I feel like what's powerful is like having uh, different identities for different stages. Now, what I mean by that is like, your identity is never like super glued on. It's never like your one identity and you'll never change. It's about like identities to me are like Velcro. Like they can come on and off and you should have different ones. It's the same as my man right now, the identity of us speaking, I'm more of like the entrepreneur business identity. When I'm working with clients, I'm business identity. When I'm working with, um, you know, my team, I have the entrepreneur business owner hat on uh, or identity. But my man, on a Sunday afternoon, 
Um, I have the identity. I'm pretty lazy, to be honest. Like, I'm just sitting there. I'm chilling. And it's that contrast of – and then my man, when I am uh, doing sneakers, like when I'm drawing, when I am researching sneakers, when I'm watching courses, videos and stuff like that, I have, like, my sneakerhead identity on. And it's about just, like, being able to slip between these different identities. It's the same as the football as well. Like, I have an identity. When I'm at football training, I'm like footy team. I don't really talk about business. I don't really talk about sneakers. I'm footy. I'm all in. All right? The difference between early on in my life and now is that when I did my ACL, all right, instead of my identity being completely shut down and shot, really, I just took off that identity. I'm like, okay, well, I can't be football team right now. I'm just going to stick on the identity of something else a little bit more. Yeah. So it's about having these different identities so that if something happens or when you want to take a break from your usual identity, of say business owner. That's why a lot of entrepreneurs, they burn out a lot because they have to be on all the time. That is where the entrepreneur thing, you sit with someone who has an entrepreneur um, identity that they're attached to. If you try and watch a movie with them or you go to a cafe with them or you try and go for a walk with them, they'll be forever on their phone and just like trying to do shit and trying to work. And that's the only thing they'll talk about. That's where it's just about Whatever you're doing, just be 100% there. Yeah, you know, if you're obsessed with it and you love it, it's okay. Of course. Yeah. of course, of course, yeah, of course. If you're like, that's the thing. Like, if you're obsessed with it, and it's the thing that you're completely attached to. I'm not here to tell you it's the wrong thing to do. It's yeah, like, go for it. As long as you're um, enjoying it, yeah, exactly. exactly, exactly, exactly. So that's my that's what my thoughts on it, bro. Right? Spot on. I love that. Um, in life, we all kind of experience. Um, opinions and etc from others and the thoughts of others how have you kind of combated that in your time and how would you encourage other people to do the same yeah um i've got a, i've got a, i've got a good little short answer to this one all right my my answer is no matter no matter what you do someone's going to judge you so you may as well do something that you love that, that's like the best way that yeah. I could like when, when I, so when I transitioned from, from uh, off the rails to starting a business, I was talking a lot about mindset and stuff like that. And I had a lot of people around me telling me like, dude, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, why are you doing this? Like, this is ridiculous. It's never going to work out. All right. Um, and then on the same side of that coin or the same coin, different side is if I stayed doing drugs and alcohol, I would have had people judge me. So neither way that I went, people would have judged me. So you may as well do the thing that you're most connected to. Mm. All right. Right now, I don't hear it at all, but I'm sure there's probably people out there who don't agree with what I do. They probably judge me. So I could run an online business. It's all bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Same as podcasts. I'm like, why would you run a podcast? Sure, there's people out there who judge you about it. Mm. But you do what you love. Um, because if they're going to judge you anyway, you just get it done. Yeah. Right? So I've always, I've sort of lived by that philosophy, my man, where I'm like, well, if someone's going to judge me for the things that I do, regardless of what I do, I may as well make sure I'm doing something that I enjoy. Bang on. Yeah, exactly. You can be anything you want to be, but no matter what, someone's going to have an opinion. Someone's going to have, someone's going to have yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bang on. Not far to go, actually. We've really got three more short questions, but these are the ones I kind of asked to everyone. 
So towards the end, towards the end, I'm gonna chuck them into a little completion, um, make a few videos from it. So for any, they're not they're not too tricky, so I don't get too stressed. <laughs> not expecting some massive explosion, but like it's really just <laughs> tricky ones at the start about the mystical, interesting thing. Yeah. So what is X times Y? <laughs> for anyone wanting to achieve great things, what yep. would you? you like to say to them uh for anyone look for anyone who is trying to achieve great things i say fucking massive respect to you and don't give up uh like oh i know that's one it's a very cliche thing to say but anyone who like this is the thing anyone who has a crack i just fully respect like you my man doing a podcast fucking epic happy to get on here for someone who wants to start a candle making business, epic. Yeah. Someone who wants to start, uh, or someone who wants to write a book on how to ride horses, I'm pumped for them. I hope they win. So the thing is, is that it's a courageous thing to do something great. So you need to give yourself credit for it and just realize that there's going to be people who tell you you can't. There's going to be people who tell you that you'll fail. There's going to be people who tell you it's all bullshit, but you've just got to keep connected and just keep going forward. So if there's someone who's watching this right now uh, or listening to this right now rather and they have an idea that they want to be great and they've got something to do, I say fucking give it a crack. Give it a crack. Uh, give it your best effort uh, and people will tell you one thing but you just got to keep, keep pushing forward. It's as simple as that. Love it, mate. Awesome stuff. And if you were to meet your young self, what would be the things you'd say? Pull your fucking... Net in. Nah. Uh, so, if I, was, <laughs> if I was to meet myself, you, my, uh, if I was to meet my younger self, I would say, um, I'd say this. I'd say, dude, if you keep going out of a weekend um, and you make poor decisions, uh, the more that you do that, the worse you're going to feel. Now, I probably wouldn't have listened to that at the time. Um, nor, uh, you know, do I regret doing the things that I did. But if I met my younger self, I'd probably just fucking slap myself a couple of times and say, dude, it's not going to help doing this. <laughs> All right. The sooner you can deal with these emotions that you feel, the sooner you'll get through it. Um, that's, that's what I would, I would say to myself. And I would say this, start learning properly, start reading, start engaging in the things that you love. But first of all, pull your head in. <laughs> Yeah, love it, mate. To finish off, <laughs> that's an awesome way to finish. But to finish off, I think it would only be fair to ask for one more interesting fun fact. Anything. Blow my mind again. I need something, mate. <laughs> to finish off with a bang. One more interesting. Anything. Animals, whatever. One more interesting fun fact. Um, all right. It could be like, for example, what's one that comes to mind for me? A group of penguins in water is called a raft. And when they're out of the water, they're called a waddle. Did you know that? There you go. Oh, I've got a fun It's a really heartwarming one as well. Um, uh, nice. Otters, okay, you know, otters, like otters in rivers yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. They actually, they actually, um, hold hands when they're asleep so that they don't float away from each other <laughs> it's that's the sweetest thing ever that's that's love uh right there 
So that's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, there you go. Life changed. <laughs> um, that's the most profound thing will come out of this podcast. There you go. If that exactly. is great. All right, fish. <laughs> <laughs> no, awesome work, mate. We really appreciate it and appreciate the time. So thanks for coming on. Um, before we finish, are there any parting words you want to kind of get out there um, about anything? And then um, do you want to share anything that's coming up for you as well? in the future that's exciting that people can look out for and any way they can kind of find you. Obviously you've got your Instagram and social media. Um, anything you want to put out there yeah, as well? For sure. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, my man. I haven't got too much more to add. We've covered um, a good array of things. I really appreciate you having me on and I hope I've brought some some value. Um, forever then exciting coming up. Look, I've got uh, a few things happening right now. I've got online events and stuff like that that I run. I do a lot of coaching around businesses and stuff like that really be able to find all the most important stuff on my instagram um at tim spears coaching uh which i'm sure you'll be able to see there might be a link or something like that in the in the bio most of my stuff will be there if you don't have instagram um there's a website www.timspearscoaching.com.au you'll be able to find all the stuff there but um my man i'm just more than happy to 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 come on and um share some knowledge it's been good fun so then listen to the podcast, listen to your podcast as well. That's another one you forgot. So there's a, there's a few episodes there, my man, from a, I was late last year. I haven't had, I haven't done one for a while. Yeah, you need to a, get back in the game, mate. I listened to all of them, I think. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I might have to, my man, in lockdown, eh? Yeah, 100%, get back onto it. They're, they're good value. They're good value for anyone that wants to up their game. Appreciate it, my man. Awesome stuff. Thanks again for coming on, mate. We'll talk to you soon. Good stuff. Thanks for listening to my chat with Tim. I'm sure you all gained enormous value from listening to this episode. As usual, if you could like and subscribe to this episode to continue to grow our community of listeners, that would be really appreciated. Until next time, peace out, guys.